Warning. This episode contains foul language, discussions about indigenous peoples and slavery, and a heaping helping of witchcraft. listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, witchy, tricky, slippery, spiky, and everything in between. Each week we sit down and we talk about something weird. Weird. And today we are jumping back into a topic that we love oh so much, the wonderful world of witchcraft. It's been a hot minute since we have covered this topic of witchcraft, and we wanted to go beyond just the basics and dive into some of the practice, rituals, and healing power of crystals, candles, herbalism, voodoo, and more. There is so much history behind these objects and so much deeper meaning to the practice that we want to uncover. So grab your favorite book of spells and gather around the cauldron as we learn some witchy traditions together. My name is Lauren, and this is my witchy co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. And today, we have back on the show after way too long of a break. You might remember her from our very intense and exciting reincarnation episode, the also wonderfully witchy Laura LaRue. Hello, weirdos. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be back. I'm so So excited to have you you back. I'm so excited to be doing a witchy episode. I know. It's been a minute. So long. Yeah. People have been asking for it too. They're like, we loved your witch episode. More witch content. We're like, it's coming. We're like, for sure. And then we just don't do it for four seasons. (laughs) Well, I'm just so humbled you guys would have me on for the witch episode. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Who else? I was going to say, so Laura and I do practice witchcraft. You pretty much daily. I'm more of a weekly gal. <laughs> Lauren, do you practice witchcraft at all? I have just started to dabble. So it's mm. like I feel like we're all in at different levels because I, I do have some crystals um, that I practice with, but I don't feel like I can even own that I practice them in the correct witchcraft way. Mine's more just sort of like the spiritual, give me some good energy way. Yeah, I mean, but that's I, witchcraft, baby. It sure. is, but I once I read up on it even more, there's much more I can be doing and I can be manifesting some more. So I'm starting to get more into it. Cool. Love it. And I'm really excited to learn more from Laura today. Too. <laughs> yeah. Every single time in my life that I do start devoting more time a week to my practice to witchcraft it only yeah. brings positive things i agree whether oh, it's yeah. all internal or like things around me start working out and maybe it's a coincidence <laughs> but like every single time but it's one of those things it's just like meditation and like doing yoga and shit where like it feels so good it's all so good and you know it's good and then there are like weeks where you don't do it mm-hmm. when it's like why am i not doing this every single time right. it makes me feel better oh, makes right. me feel so happy like you're bringing in that good energy every time you do it yeah. it's like why don't i make this a daily practice i haven't done yoga in a week yeah. i'm a monster the yep. whole thing with the craft is just being mindful and a lot of meditation yeah. so yeah. it really is something that will help you every single day just mm-hmm. thinking about it keeping it in the back of your mind and yeah 
Whether it's coincidence or not, I always feel better. That's yeah, the that's thing. The it's like, that's what it's, is it a placebo effect? Right. Love it that placebo matter. effect, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, like, placebo. it's been proven that placebo effect makes people happier. So who cares if that's what it is? Yeah. Like, right? it's doing something. It's bringing you into a positive mindset. So. Also, as you guys always say, it's more fun to believe. It so. is more fun to believe. Uh, Damn straight. Man. It might just be a really <laughs> wonderful placebo effect. Or, you know, there could be some magic and, yeah. like, goings on that's yeah. like giving me all this power i love it i love it too me too and as a woman it just makes me feel good like a woman <laughs> yeah man i feel like a woman yeah, very- <laughs> let's go girls uh, before we get into it, I did want to remind you guys that we are doing another Halloween giveaway contest. Woo-hoo. Send us a photo of your Halloween decorations, either via DM. You can tag us in a photo on Instagram. Just make sure we see it. Um, you can email it to keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to be giving away t-shirts, stickers, and buttons, and a free month's worth of Patreon content. Yeah. It's amazing. We've got prizes for best overall, scariest item, best homemade item, and most dedicated. So literally anyone can participate, even if your decorations consist of a small corner with candles. We just want to see your space and how you celebrate the season. Um, So please do that. You have until literally till Halloween. We'll pick a winner after. And as usual, we're always like, we'll pick it the day after. It'll be like a week after. Like, you guys are fine. Just show us your Halloween decorations. We want to see them. Also, special shout out to, was it all the weird that said, here, we have homemade decorations, and it was like a bloody baby doll yeah, hanging like bloody from the ceiling. Hanging. Yeah, and I was and like, I was well, like mm, well you know, technically. Was that their only decoration? <laughs> as far I really as I could that. see. As far as we know. Gosh, I just really had to shout it that. out because that made me laugh so hard. I was I like, know. well, yep, like, that's homemade. Sure. <laughs> that is technically homemade and Speaking. technically a Halloween decoration. <laughs> Even though it stays up all year round. Yeah, know, <laughs> we always have babies hanging I know. You can I can't even tell when my place is decorated for Halloween. Truly I mean, you kind of can because I throw a bunch of this around. That's right. And the cobwebs yeah. are usually there's here. Cobwebs. There's a cauldron. Cauldrons, uh, yep. yeah. That's about it. The cauldron's not year-round? You would think. It should be. It is gorgeous. It is. And it makes that little <laughs> bubbling sound. I yeah. like it. It's like when people have like, you know, Zen gardens and a, and a water fountain in their We've home. We've been hearing it bubble this whole time. Like, oh, I feel it's it. It's kind of like a tranquil spa. Exactly. It is. Perfect Welcome for to the spa. witchcraft discussion, too. <laughs> where we're bringing that healing energy next to the bubbles. It's One great. of my favorite things is watching people walk in here for the first time. Oh, in June. My. Jaw hits the floor. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Just like, <gasps> and I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Welcome. Let's talk about witchcraft. Oh, Let's my God, it. please. Laura's going to start and tell us about her craft. And we're going to be talking about, what are you talking about again? Herbs. <laughs> so, yes, Oops. lots and lots of herbs. Um, I'm so sorry to anybody who wants me to pronounce it with an H. I'm going to say herbs. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so for the last four or five years now, I've been a practicing green witch which is just someone who really likes to deal with a lot of plants. Mm-hmm. I don't like people. I just like plants. God bless you. <laughs> I can't keep one alive to save my damn life. So, Gosh, you know, I either. think that's a big misconception. Um, I've killed many a plant. <laughs> I murder um, most of them. Like, I'm still a green witch. <laughs> yeah, that kind of comes with the territory. Okay, okay. You're going to kill some plants. Okay. But it is a lot of trial and error. Yeah. That's why you always go for the cheap stuff first, too, when you're starting out. Lots of mint, that's lots a good of basil. Note. 
I still have an aloe plant that I got from Ikea for $2 10 years ago. It's humongous now, but yeah, maybe my green witchcraft uh, started from Ikea. Thanks, Ikea. (laughs) Thanks, Ikea. (laughs) This episode's sponsored by Ikea. Yeah, right? (laughs) Brought to you by Ikea. (laughs) Maker of fine witchcrafts. (laughs) 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 But no, so if you're not familiar with it, herbalism is the study or practice of medicinal and therapeutic use of plants. And it's pretty much the earliest system of medicine that we know of. Yeah. I mean, since man was walking around, they were putting plants in a pot, grinding right. them up and making a poultice to put on some kind of cut or yeah. wound or yeah. to do something with it. It's as old as... Time. As old as time. Yeah. <laughs> well, even if you think of like modern medicine and like the pills that we have, a lot of it is chemicals that we can't pronounce, but all of those chemicals started as a natural thing found on yeah. the earth. Right. Where They're trying we to had either to like, synthesize. Yeah. Simulate something yeah. that you find in nature or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, recreate something. Shows right. um, that plants are the way. Always. Yeah. Plants are the way, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's a basis for all our traditional medicine now. And uh, practitioners of herbalism may be licensed MDs, neuropaths, or osteopaths. I just want to put the disclaimer out there. I am none of those things. Okay. Uh, Good to know. (laughs) I am just a regular person with uh, no doctorates. So, uh, like, any advice I'm going to give out here, it's all just, like, stuff I've done in my own personal practice. Um... And I also want to say as a disclaimer, for anybody thinking about getting into herbalism and green witchcraft, when it comes to plants, know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Don't ever pick up a plant. uh, Don't ever forage for plants if you don't know 100% like what you're grabbing or touching or putting in a tea or putting in a bath or a Gosh, you could hurt yourself. You could do so much damage. So honestly, like it might sound scary. It's just do your research. Do your due diligence and start small. A lot of the things I started messing with you could find in your kitchen. Yeah. Uh, I worked with mint and basil basil and majorum and aloe. Aloe's such an amazing healing plant. It always um, helps me when I get burns from cooking. My mom used to do that uh, when yes, we were children. Too. She would put like She'd an aloe, aloe plant, plant, take the little juice or gel that's inside yeah. and put it right on a burn. Uh, same. And I always thought she seemed so magical when she was doing I that. Know. I loved it. Well, my mom uh, was a very Christian woman. She does not believe in witchcraft of any sort. Same with her mom before her. But the more I learn about my mom's family, I'm kind of convinced that they were all Witches. Witches at some point. Yeah. Because they practice with herbs in their daily life, but they just kind of called that like, I don't know, farming skills? Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. And well, then my grandmother was went to church every Sunday, very religious. And I just found out like a month ago that my mom said <laughs> she would plan her doctor's appointments according to the zodiac signs. Okay. And she's like, Well, it's in the farmer's almanac. Like, yeah, you like she would have surgeries <laughs> under like the sign of Libra to bring good luck. And I'm like, and you don't think she was a witch? Right. Yeah. She's not a witch. That That's screams the thing witch. About, like, I think about like my grandmothers and my mother and my aunts and everything. It's always the women. The men are, you know, they're doing their own thing. They're drinking beer in the in the foyer while <laughs> yeah. the women are in the kitchen doing whatever we're doing, <laughs> uh, gossiping about them. But everything from like the teas that they would brew for different reasons, 
that is a form of witchcraft, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. The true. superstitions. I remember like, don't step on a crack, you break your mother's back. Oh, that was gosh, a big yeah. one for my mom, never stepping on a crack. And wow. just like things like that, where it's like, once you sit and think about it, you're like, holy shit, witchcraft is everywhere. I mean, I'll yeah. get to my portion, obviously. I'm not talking about candle magic today, but as simple as every single person that's blown out birthday candles. Mm-hmm. You have performed That's a spell. witchcraft. That's you a just spell. did a spell in that and moment. We're all doing spells. Without knowing it. Yeah. And it's just really fascinating when people are uh, express a fear of witchcraft when yeah. it's like, oh, honey. Yeah. You're, you're doing it every damn day. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, well, I was going to say, even the simple act of drinking a cup of tea could be yeah. a spell and witchcraft. Mm-hmm. What I love about herbalism, it is it, it is the scientific portion of green witchcraft where there are medicinal purposes to some of these herbs. Mint is a natural digestion aid. If you have an upset stomach and you drink a cup of mint tea, it's going to settle your stomach. Eucalyptus. It, it opens your airways and helps you I was going to say breathe. whenever I'm sick, I always put eucalyptus in the shower. It's Putting great. in the shower is amazing. Putting it in your humidifier is fantastic. I am a damn witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give yourself the credit. You definitely are. Um, one of my favorite herbs, because it has a fantastic name, it's called Whorehound. Love it. Say it again. Whorehound. <laughs> okay. Just had to be sure. Oh, That's yeah, what I call Lauren. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, whorehound. Whorehound. Oh, whorehound. The whorehound's here. <laughs> well, whorehound is still to this day used in cough drops. Um, ah. It's another one that like helps with congestion. It can actually be found here in Southern California. When I was foraging with uh, one of my previous teachers, we found whorehound and comfrey wow. and mustard seeds. Mm. Like these things just grow. They're just chilling They're out there out. in the hills for anybody to use. And uh, Again, know what you're going foraging for before you go foraging. But like, I mean, there's so much out there in the world already that we can take advantage of. I feel like that's a really good note for city kids. Like kids that came from where the three of us came from. I say kids. People. Human beings that came from the part of the world that we came from, we know not to touch shit that we right. don't know what we, it is because we we've all had advice. poison ivy. Yes. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and it's so excruciating. Yeah. I will never touch a plant again in my life without identifying said plant. Smart yeah. move. <laughs> yeah, I love herbalism for that because it's good for my skeptic part of the brain. Yeah. Where it's like, this. no, there's a real science behind this. That was kind of just a little gateway drug that got me into green witchcraft yeah. um, because like mint will settle your stomach. Mm-hmm. When you go to the green witchcraft part of it, it aids in healing. It also aids in prosperity. Mm. Now, there's no well, scientific well, reason to say that mint is going to bring you lots and lots of money. Sure. But <laughs> in a lot of prosperity spells, spearmint is used uh, as like a good luck charm, as something that's going to okay. bring good things to you. Wealth, prosperity, all that wonderful stuff. So I have not not had a mint plant in my house uh, for as long as I can remember yes, now. that's a good one to keep. Uh, it's one to keep around. Uh, basil. Delicious on pasta. Delicious on pasta. Also, just a uh, all-around protection herb. You can simmer basil in water, strain out the basil when you're done and use it for another spell, um, and then take that water and you can put it around the entrance of your home as a basic protection spell. I love it. Rosemary provides safety and clears negative energy. Um, it's wonderful if you dry it out and use it for smudging. Marigolds encourage uh, financial gain as well. Also, really good to use in a prosperity spell. There's a lot of 
meaning behind different herbs, different flowers that date back to pagan times. A whole bunch of different cultures have meaning behind herbs and flowers. With that collected information out there, it's just wonderful to weave into a cup of tea, a nice yeah. relaxing bath, a balm or a, a salt that pot. you make for right. yourself. So I absolutely adore using green witchcraft. Yeah, absolutely. I really should do it more, especially since like, you know, I'm not great with <laughs> plants <laughs> and keeping them alive, but there are so many places where I can go literally purchase. Yeah. Yeah. items that i need like for example every fall i i do simmer pots mm-hmm. not Ooh. even really realizing that it is a form of witchcraft i just like the way it makes my house smell i was gonna say it gives the great like <laughs> yeah. fall scent but like, a simmer what? pot you can do a simmer pot year round with different right. different items you could do a lavender simmer pot you can do and simmer pots for anyone who's listening who's like will you please explain and stop saying simmer pot and explain <laughs> to us what that is it's when you see um, people putting like a big pot of water on the stove and filling it with like apples, orange peel, cinnamon, clove, right. et cetera, et cetera. And it makes your house smell so good. But actually all of those elements mean something. Yeah. yeah. If you just kind of research the intention behind each herb you put into that simmer pot, as you're doing that, that is a spell. Yeah. Um, I even had cinnamon like listed somewhere in my notes. But like if you give me what you put in your simmer pot, I could tell you what each one means. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's a spell right there that you do every single year to bring good energy to your home. Yeah. Good and energy, put- a great smell, exactly. and prosperity. Maybe. And when you're done with your simmer pot, you can do all kinds of things with that. You can make tinctures to use in other parts of your your craft. That's what I like about it is I'm a big recycler. (laughs) (laughs) I like recycling things. And by recycling, I mean like I will not throw things away. I have so many tiny jars all over my apartment. Let me repurpose this for like a million I before, things. Can't I, wait to move. I think that <laughs> is the main shit. sign of a witch is if you have a million little mason jars or <laughs> any kind of jars. That's just a tell. Tiny right little there. jar. <laughs> I, like, I can put something in there for something. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. I actually wanted to read a little insert from this wonderful book that got me into green witchcraft called The Green Witch. It's I've seen that book so many times and I've never picked it up. Um, I highly recommend it. It's by Erin Murphy Hiscock. Uh, it's called The Green Witch. It's your complete guide to the natural magic of herbs, flowers, and essential oils. The way of the green witch is the path of the naturalist, the herbalist, and the healer. It is a free-form, flexible, and personalized practice for anyone who wants to explore the gifts of nature and use them to find balance and harmony in life. What is so relevant and unique about green witchcraft is that it's a highly specialized and solo practice. Not everyone will be drawn to the same thing and practice it in the same way. It's about finding a workable balance in your own life within your own setting. And that honestly is why I was drawn to green witchcraft in the first place, because kind of like you, Lauren, there was a lot of things I liked about witches and the whole aesthetic, and I always tried to get into them, but I was always so self-conscious about it. Yeah. I really didn't know what I was doing. And then I realized I didn't really have to know what I was doing to get into it. I just had to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to start start the practice. And a lot of my craft now has just come from years of trial and error. Mm -hmm. And 
trying something that one book says works for me and turns out it doesn't. So I'm going to tweak it a little bit to make it more special to me or mean something to me or mean something to my ancestors. Yeah. And that's what I feel like really is so special about witchcraft in general. Yes, you can do it in a coven, in a community, and mm -hmm. it does come with years of history, but it is so personal. It's so personal to yourself and how you use it. So, Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, the, there are green witches, which are the the witchcraft that uses a lot of plants, but there's also a kitchen witch where just the act of cooking and putting together a meal can be a spell mm -hmm. in a way. Where, which is so fascinating. Which is I feel like awesome. I would love that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've been enjoying cooking more and more. But mm -hmm. also herbalism speaks to me a lot more than I thought it would after hearing you talk about it. And I've been wanting to grow basil in my like little kitchen window anyway because I just love the idea of that. And again, have been cooking a lot more so I could sprinkle it in. So it feels like the perfect time to start, like honestly, and get more into it, into my practice. One other note I have for anyone out there who's like, I want to do this. Absolutely. Um, make sure if you have pets Ooh, yes. that you yes. check the toxicity of plants. Again, I feel like it's like what Laura's saying. Just research, just research. before. Yeah, we're not here to say like, just and go you don't buy have a bunch to, of like, plants. Yeah, you don't <laughs> have to read a book front to back. No, just yeah. like Google. if you're interested in, yeah, Google it. I, that's like, how I, I do most of my shit. I kind of want to buy this one plant. Let yeah. me Google it. Let me Google oh, it. Is it safe is for my cat? Because you know that fucking little shit's going to eat it. Going to hop up immediately and knock it over. So... You have to make sure it's not going to kill her. Yes. The amount of times I've been standing over a ritual bath that I've just made and I read like, oh, this good essential oil like would be good for this bath. So I got the herb instead and put it in there. And then I went, I'm going to Google and make sure that the herb is okay rather than just the essential oil. Like right. it's just Google it. Honestly. Yeah. Quick search. Yeah, Google quick is search, your friend. Search can't hurt. Yep. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, if you want to get into green witchcraft and do a lot of spells, for starters, you're going to have to, before you do any kind of craft, it's all about being mindful and really creating a safe space to practice your craft. And whether that is a secluded room of your house, whether it's your kitchen where you are just putting basil in a recipe and right. being mindful about what that basil means. I feel like basil is getting a big shout out. Basil is getting a huge shout out and I'm okay with it as an Italian. Um, <laughs> this episode I is appreciate sponsored by Ikea and basil. Basil. Yes. <laughs> but when you're ready to get started and you want to create that sacred space, there's a number of different ways you can do this. When getting ready to craft, it's important to set up a space or a circle free of distraction and negative energy. You can do this by burning incense or herbs, lighting a candle and meditating first. Um, if you really want to get into it, you can anoint a room's four corners with frankincense essential oil. Uh, that's what one of my books recommends. I don't ever do that, but it sounds okay. really, really fancy. It does. <laughs> Smudging has become an increasingly popular way to cleanse a space. But since we're recording this episode on Indigenous Peoples Day here yes. in California, I really wanted to take a moment and just speak on a little bit of the history of smudging. When smudging specifically with like white sage and palo santo, these two items are often sold without the mention of significance to native cultures. Yeah. Um, a lot of trendy websites and stores are kind of commodifying the prayer and religion of indigenous peoples without even so much as an acknowledgement. And while white sage isn't listed as endangered, there are real consequences for over-harvesting these religious resources. Yeah. 
all I want to say is people should just really do their research on any plant you're deciding to use in your practice, obviously for health and safety, but also for mindfulness and respect to those who use those plants and their practices before you. To put it in perspective a little bit, in North America, it was illegal for natives to practice traditional medicine for a long, long time. In yeah. Canada, it was illegal until the 1950s. Yeah. In the United States, it was illegal for Native Americans to use sage until the 1978 passing of the American Indian Religious Freedom Act. Wow. That's, That's crazy. Was that late. Yeah. 1978. It was, if they wanted- And now you can buy it at fucking Urban Outfitters. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, now it's trendy, like if you said. Native Americans wanted to burn sage, they would go to jail. Wow. I read an article from Fashionista. This is where I got that information. But Bianca Millar of the Wendake Reserve in Quebec is quoted as saying, at one point in history, me just doing a smudge, I would go to jail or have my kids taken away. What? Uh, Before using sage, just think, what if this was literally illegal for me to do this? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people would not be smudging their houses with white sage if it was illegal. Sure. Tati Walker of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe says for folks who just aren't sure whether they're appropriating or appreciating, there's a simple test. Are you using or doing the thing to benefit you or are you being selfless and responsible to others, including your non-human relatives like the land? I just want to, yeah, really stress that if you smudge with white sage, if you smudge with Palo Santo, that's great. They're wonderful herbs. But know the history and know what it means to be able to legally do this. Yeah. How lucky you are. Acknowledge your privilege. Easy it is for you. And really just respect. Yeah. Respect Respect. is a good word. It's all about respect and context. Right. If I swear, I saw white sage in Palo Santo at a big five the other day. No. Like that's for people who don't know Big Five, it's like a Dollar Tree or a Big yeah. Lots. And it's just like if you can get it there at this point, then we've kind of lost sight of we've lost where it's meaning. Come from. And yeah. to native and indigenous people, this is medicine. Yeah. This is yeah. part of their religion. And right. honestly, just ask for like I'm just asking for people to be respectful. That being said, if I can only really speak to myself personally, um I'm of Northern European heritage, and I'm assuming there's a lot of listeners who are. If you want something to smudge your house with, try rosemary, thyme, peppermint, nettle, juniper, and cedar. All those are fantastic for cleansing and kind of have more symbolism to your DNA. Yeah. Yeah. And just in case, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what smudging is, but there might be a couple people that oh, don't. I'm so sorry. No, yeah. it's okay. I think I we have talked about it before, but just yeah. in case. Just in case, smudging is basically when you burn an herb and the and waft the smoke throughout your home. People do it in different ways. Like some people are like, you waft all the corners. Some people, you know, you have to use a feather to waft the smoke. Some people use their hands. Some people literally start in one place in their house and move towards the front door as if they are smudging everything out of the house. Like there are so many different ways. It really, I think to me is like what what means the most to you. Like you said, like how did, that's the cool thing about craft is like, you can make up your own stuff. Yeah. It's your <laughs> like, craft. It's your craft. <laughs> yeah. Like you can literally make up something right. if yeah. it means something to you. Yeah. Like the intention is the important part of it. Yeah. Not making sure that you follow everything step by step perfectly. I have to perfectly. walk this way while mm-hmm. I smudge. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. 
But it's yeah. a great way to cleanse a space. I was going to say, if you're looking for a starting off point, the way I smudge my space, I use a sandalwood incense stick. And I start at my altar in the back room of my house. And I make a clockwise, like, into every single room. And always do it with your windows open. Yeah. A lot of people, I don't, I miss this step in the beginning. But if you smudge with your windows closed... That negative energy is not going to go anywhere. Yeah. It's just, just going to be bouncing it's off the rooms sitting. of your house. So, uh, yeah, make sure you open a window and, like, I mean, yeah, do it any way you want. Yeah. And you can smudge items as well. You don't have to smudge your home. Like, I smudge my tarot cards probably once every month, um, which essentially I just burn a stick of incense whatever incense I have. I don't even like, I'm not even like today I'm burning this incense and it's specific. It's just incense. I burn it and I take each card from the pile and I just, with intention, smudge all of my cards. Mm. And it's I love that. very meditative. It's very peaceful. And it just basically makes a clean slate for tarot cards. Yeah. Again, for me, some people yeah. would never smudge their cards. Right. Yeah. But that's personal to you. And that's like, again, like you're doing it over the cards, but it's also kind of this healing moment for you, which I think yeah. is very cool. I love it. Um, do you guys want to learn about candles? I do. Love to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to cover a little bit of candle magic because candle magic is the magic I personally use. I was going to say, I know you've practiced yeah, it. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's the most popular with the average person because like I said, anyone who's blown out birthday candles uh, is literally – that's <laughs> just candle it. magic. Not to scare anyone who's anti-witchcraft out there, but you've participated. You're a womp witch. Womp. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> You're a witch, Harry. Uh, all you need for candle magic technically is a candle, something to light it with, and an intention. And there are obviously a lot of additional details you can use to enhance your practice, but in its simplest form, that's all you need. So lighting the birthday candles, blowing them out while, quote, making a wish, setting an intention is candle magic. So candle magic is a form of alchemy. And all I mean by that is that it's a process in which something is transformed. And with a candle, you have all of your elements represented. You've got the fire of the flame, the air to feed the fire. You have to have oxygen to make fire. You have solid wax representing the earth and melted wax representing water. So all of your element elements are available in lighting a candle. And your intention. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to happen? Something physical to come into your life? Do you want to cleanse your space of negative vibes? Do you want to find peace and calm? Do you want to have more focus? This is where the different colors and scents and herbs and oils and runes come into play. Right. Ooh, I love a rune. Love a good rune. <laughs> love a good rune. Okay. When I perform candle magic, for example, if it's something like wanting to heal my body or calm my nerves, I will find a scent that connects to me on that level. And I meditate momentarily on how I want to feel. And I light the dang candle. That, boom, it's done. Simple. If you want a simple, simple spell, that's it. Yeah. I usually get a little bit more detailed. So if I'm performing candle magic for something more specific, say... Actually, when Gabby was passing and I was attempting to get through it and help her pass on, like especially when I knew she was passing, I wanted to like try and help her do it with the least amount of pain 
or mm-hmm. fear or whatever. I just wanted something more peaceful. So I charged a lot of candles that month, but specifically I remember charging a brown candle and a white candle. And this again, Google. Google is your friend. Yep. Google's your pal. Quick search. You can look up the significance of the colors. However, all that matters is the significance to you. Mm-hmm. So you can say, like, for example, I did look this up, browned embodied grounding, physical healing, animal wisdom, white embodied peace, protection from negativity, serenity, and spirit. So I used those specifically. Mm-hmm. But I could have used green because Gabby's eyes were green. You yeah. know what I mean? It yeah. didn't matter. It had to be what was in your heart, exactly. what you were looking for in that moment. To charge the candles, I would carve symbols into the wax of the candle and set my intention while I did that. When you're doing this, you're charging the candle with the energy. You are passing your vibrations from yourself into the candle that you're working with. You can use runes, and that's easy. Again, Google. You can look online for rune symbols and find appropriate ones, but you can also just carve symbols that mean something to you, like dollar signs for money. Mm-hmm. You can put a dollar sign on it. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't have be to be a easy. rune. Yeah. It doesn't have to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, unless you just like runes yeah. like me. I've used sigils and runes in my own practice, and a lot of times a uh, trick I find is to spell the word out, mm-hmm. but like it's each letter is in a different position on top of itself. So, I mean – I wish I could explain this, but it really is all visual. (laughs) It's if I was writing a rune for protection, it would be the word protect, but like the T would be upside down. The P would be written like inside the crevice of the T. Like it would really end up looking like something else, but it's the whole word in one symbol. Okay. Like kind of just written over itself. It's a good jumping off point for, Mm -hmm. I wish I had a protection spell. Let me just write protection. And it's fun to doodle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a blast. It's like an artistic outlet at the same time. Yeah. Or you could look up a rune for, you know, a a rune that uh, represents passing on or represents your pet or represents whatever. I literally just did paw prints for Gabby. Like I carved paw prints in. So sweet. That's what I thought of. So anyway, I would carve my intentions into the wax, usually with just a toothpick. You can use a knife. Sometimes you can use a needle. You can heat it up to make the carving an easier process. And then you can take it a step further. You can roll your candle through oil. Again, all the oils are completely specific to what you want or need. So for example, I'd use peppermint if I wanted concentration or mental clarity. I could use lavender for relaxation. In Gabby's case, I did use eucalyptus for healing and frankincense for comfort and protection. And from there, you can even roll your oiled up candles in herbs that correlate with what you need. There's so many things that you can do. You can place crystals around the candle that mean something to you. There's so much you can do. And then all you do, continue your meditation, light your candle with intention, and let that baby burn. You just performed a spell. (laughs) People don't realize how easy it is to practice witchcraft. I feel like Mm -hmm. that is what this episode is proving. It's all about intention. And really, like the smallest actions could be witchcraft and spells if you just have the right context and intention behind them. Yeah. The only thing with birthday candles, I will say, though, you are not supposed to blow out your candles when you perform candle magic. Because of COVID? Because of COVID. Uh, It really ruined a lot of uh, spells for me. (laughs) You should burn the candle all the way down to complete the spell, but not everyone can just let candles burn in their home willy-nilly. 
Especially when you have a child. <laughs> Especially when you have a child. So the best ones to use, honestly, I actually bought you some. I don't know if you remember last you did. I uh, Christmas. Mm-hmm. You can buy these great, they're small tapered spell candles. You can literally get 40, the, 40 of them for like 15 bucks in oh, wow. all assorted colors. Like they are very, very affordable. I love that. You can find them at pretty much any occult shop. You can buy them on Walmart.com, right. Amazon. Like you can any get candle. them anywhere. Um, you don't but have support to support local business, when but you please can. support yeah. your uh, local business. Go to the cute cult shop can. down the street. <laughs> um, also, I genuinely love getting candles as presents. I just have to say yeah. that because I know that sometimes, like candles just become the gift that people resort to mm-hmm. when they're like, oh, I just need to get something quick. It's a candle. Maybe sometimes people receive them and they see it for that of like, oh, they just needed a last minute gift. I freaking love getting yeah. candles. <laughs> like I love having candles lit all around the house. I love now I'm going to use them with intention mm-hmm. now that you've taught me about candle magic. But like if anyone out there is just like dying to get me a present. <laughs> I want candles. Well, and the cool thing is, like, I perform my candle magic. I actually imbued one so you guys could see. Ooh. Look at that little guy. I love that blue. Ooh. I already, I didn't dip it in oil and herbs because I didn't want to make you guys a freaking mess. But I did, I carved the intentions and I did some. I did uh, keep it weird on one side. (gasps) And then on the other side, I carved some runes for prosperity, communication, uh, one for like energy and focus. I thought we could use that. Gosh, can we ever um, oh my yeah. gosh. So that's um that's just a Guys, little this example. Is beautiful. But it's so pretty. I love this color. Now does the blue symbolize anything or was it the blue that you uh, had? I in just house? Uh, that's the one I grabbed when <laughs> I when I uh, opened it my just box. Spoke you know to you. Yeah, I was hey, like look it up. I'm going to I'm going to look it up real quick about the blue. Cuz there's definitely a section of color magic here Please. in this book. So yeah. While you're looking, you can literally take like a Bath and Body Works candle. It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't even have to be a candlestick. You can carve your runes, your symbols, your whatever into the top of it. Like with, in, yeah, because it's usually in like a pretty little yeah, case, it's usually but in a yeah, vase or whatever. Ah. Vase. You know your candle vase. Your candle vase. But what do you? You guys candle don't have holder? a candle vase. Is there a word for that that we're just jar? Votive. Yes. Votive. Votive. Okay. But right. also jar. They come in jar. lots of things. But yeah. votive is like the fancy correct word because I remember learning that when I planned a wedding. Yes. Oh, uh, before I forget, don't blow out your candle. But if you do need to put the candle out, extinguish it with a snuffer to snuff out the flame. Or you can even literally wet your fingers and pinch out the flame. And once again, set your intention while extinguishing the candle. Okay. So I did look it up. Yes. And blue is a color to use in health and healing spells and spells for personal improvement. Oh, well, we're all improving here today, right? (laughs) Yeah. Just growing and healing all over the place. (laughs) When it comes to, um, I know we wanted to cover like the science of these things. When it comes to science behind candle magic, can't be studied. Um, A lot of candle magic craft is is like the secret the idea that your thoughts control your universe that you can essentially manifest the things that you want and need by setting intentions and speaking it into the universe and using candles is basically just a way to help you visualize and take an active role in your manifestations because it's very easy to say out loud i want to be less worried about money i want to be less worried about money i want to be less worried about money but like how much work did it take to do that 
It's so easy. So it's also like not a super powerful thought. Yeah. But if you're taking the time to craft something and put that energy into something, it becomes much more powerful either in a witchy type way or just like within yourself. Like it's just basically an active meditation Yeah, is what it is. Um, And I highly recommend it. So gosh, I... I can't wait to do both of these things. I'm about to go get so many plants and so many, <laughs> so many candles. And I want to add to my crystal collection, which I'm about to talk about. It is kind of funny. I feel like, I mean, maybe this was intentional on your end. I just thought we were like picking topics, but we're all talking about like things that we actually do. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It did, did kind of turn out that it way. It did turn out I that way. Like Because you really do play. actually practice with candles. And the one thing is, that I said earlier that I dabble in is crystals. But again, compared to these two, it is a dabble, y'all. Like, I know nothing. I had to do some research. But I think crystals are the coolest. Also, as we've been saying, though, with some of the herbs, crystals are so trendy right now. It's become a thing. But yeah. they have been around for so long. Like, this has been a practice for... Well, they're rocks. Basically, yeah. Because they're <laughs> damn rocks, y'all. But I think crystals are so cool. It's, I mean, as far as, like, alternate therapies go, and, and especially in the world of practicing witches, healing crystals is, like, top of the list for a lot of people, especially just in, like, the last 10 years. I feel like they've really blown up. But for anyone who doesn't know, crystals fossilized minerals are believed to contain several healing properties that could go from bringing peace to the mind, fighting depression, to even healing physical ailments. The list goes on and on. Basically, there is a crystal for everything. Like There is a rock out there for anything you could possibly imagine. And crystal is kind of the overarching name because you can also get a mineral, a rock, or a gemstone that all kind of trickle down from that. But like, not every stone... Like, which way does it go? Every stone is a crystal, but not every crystal is a stone. Yeah, that's the right A rolling way. stone gathers yeah. no moss. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> Papa was a rolling stone. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. But all of these things can have power, and they all have different meaning depending on what they are made out of, what is their shape, what is their color. They all have different meaning that you can put into a spell or a meditation or any kind of daily practice. Um, but again, they've kind of become trendy recently. A lot of celebrities started using them and I just had to give a shout out because I always have to say something trashy with reality TV. Spencer Pratt from the Hills started oh, he loves a line of crystals, which like a how line of crystals. Yeah. How did he, he like has his own line. It's like, okay, but you can like literally get them from the earth also. <laughs> so like, why am I going to pay a thousand dollars for yours, Mr. Crash? Yeah. I, how do you have a line of crystals? It's like Does his he thing. Make yeah. Them? He sells them. I don't know. No. I need to read more into it. I'm wondering if he like shapes some of them or something. Okay. Or, like, well, yeah. Maybe he puts like them, his maybe? intentions into them and oh, sends God. them out to the world. And he's like, I'll tell you, get you what my I magic. don't want. Spencer Pratt's intentions <laughs> in my home it just cracked do you me know up. who we're talking about i have no idea who we're talking about. <laughs> he's he like on one of the, the worst reality tv characters yeah. but what's funny is the reason i brought this up is because it was such a drastic change he was on the hills like in the early 2000s when it was first on and he was just the worst like typical hollywood douchebag awesome he still is that for the most part but he's like you can tell trying to be better and he he's came back on the he found within peace. himself a reboot came out in 2019 and he came back like wearing crystal around his neck like holding them to his head and doing his meditation and everyone was like oh hello oh, this is who new. are you yeah <laughs> so i'm also kind of like more power to you if you're like actually trying sure. to bring some peace to your life but anyway they've become very trendy but 
I wanted to talk about briefly about the history because they really do go way back. The ancient Sumerians are one of the first historical references. They used crystals in a magic way, which I think is so cool. They were basically doing spells. They were inhabitants of Mesopotamia, which is now Iraq. And the whole area was known for having a lot of different remedies for different ailments. And people like to do different rituals and meditations. But like the Sumerians are the ones who like basically called it magic and said, like, we are doing spells, like these incantations are like, we are trying to like summon some sort of magic. So some people weren't super into that. They were a little freaked out. Were basically, they like, Christian? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> like, you get that witchcraft away from me. But they were like, nah, we're going to do our spells over here. So I thought that was really cool. And they were using, you know, rocks and different stones. And then the ancient Egyptians also used to mine for crystals, but they were using them more in jewelry, but not just like, oh, this is a pretty necklace. It was jewelry with intention and with meaning. So they would make these amulets and wear them around and say, okay, well, the emerald means this and the clear quartz means this and this one will heal you and this one will bring you peace. Like they, they just all had different things. You could have a necklace, earrings, ring, whatever. So I thought that was really cool that they were setting their intentions and saying like, I will wear this around my neck to bring myself this. And it's like, that's what we're all doing now. You guys started it. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it all was based on the color, the material, and whatever words you wanted to speak over the piece. It would then, from that moment forward, be – it would have that power. And then the ancient Greeks basically originated all the different meanings for the crystals that we know today, which I didn't realize. Even the word crystals comes from crystalos. Ooh. In that way, crystalos. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> accent that was. It's Egyptian, clearly. Yes. <laughs> Classic Egyptian accent. <laughs> Which means ice. So that's why it turned into crystal because okay. it looks icy when you have those cool little crystals. And then amethyst derives from the Greek term meaning not intoxicate. So I bet you can huh. guess what that one is for. Amethyst used to be worn around the neck or around the wrist to aid in hangovers or prevent intoxication, which I was like, hell yeah, you know, I need that. They also used to make amethyst cups. So that you wouldn't get as drunk when you were and drinking wine. And that's the most Whoa, genius to have your right? amethyst cup. Like, this wine will not fuck me up tonight. <laughs> so you put it down your This gullet. wine will fuck me up tonight, but not tomorrow. <laughs> I will feel great Tomorrow's tomorrow. going to be fine. Not intoxicated. <laughs> so every healing stone had their different meaning, which is, I mean, it ties into exactly how we are today. Scientifically, there really is, it's kind of similar to what you said, Ashley, it's kind of impossible to study there. So there's no actual science backing the power of crystals or, you know, if it actually treats conditions. But using healing crystals is just incredibly relaxing. It can induce a sense of relaxation in your environment when you are setting out your crystals or holding your crystals close to your body because you are making your brain relax. You're closing your eyes. You're laying back. You're never sprinting down a hallway holding onto your crystal. Like mm -hmm. you are setting the mood and that moment. So it does bring you relaxation because you are setting that moment while you're with your crystal. So it could be all placebo effect. It most likely is, but that placebo effect has been proven to work. Like that's where the science kind of does come in of like, we know that placebo effects work on people because they're telling themselves, this is real medicine. This is a real pill I'm swallowing. This crystal does have real powers. And so it makes, it uplifts their spirit and makes them feel better. So honestly, like, what is the harm in using crystals and chanting and setting your intention behind it? Because your brain will catch on to that. 
But the cool thing that crystals do have is they do have a particular vibration and frequency with their molecular composition, the way they're made up. Love that. So like there is something happening within these rocks, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And the way that they move and interact, these vibrations mixing with your vibrations when they hold on to them, like there is something happening with that. Do we know exactly what's happening? No. And a lot of it does have to do with what you're chanting and what your mindset is. But I think it's cool that there's like a vibration matching our vibration and it can maybe absorb some negative energy, guys. Welcome the good vibes. <laughs> and they're naturally extracted, you know, they're rocks, everyone. So they can harness the energies of the earth is what is believed, which I actually really buy into and completely believe since oh, they yeah. come from the earth. I think they can harness the sun, the moon, the oceans, it's the natural healing energy that I'm here for that well, can improve our state. There is a way to clean your crystals and to recharge them, and it's to put them in the moonlight yeah. underneath yes. a full moon. Yeah. I was going to chat about that oh, a little. Sorry. and I No, it's, <laughs> no. I love that you brought it up because I was about to go into that. And Ashley mentioned charging too. And I feel like we say it so nonchalantly of like, oh, well, yeah, if you charge up your candles or charge your crystals. But there is a little bit of a method to it that I was going to chat about because I didn't know. Like I always would hear people be like, well, did you cleanse? And I was like, but I what? showered. I yeah. took a shower. and I washed my hair last Thursday. <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> what more do you want from me? <laughs> so cleansing crystals is usually when people either do it when they have no more use for the intention that was originally set onto the crystal, but also you should cleanse your crystals when you first buy them or receive them as a gift yes. because you don't know what was don't put know where they've been. on to that crystal before. So you should always cleanse your crystals. I learned that the best time to cleanse a crystal is during the waning crescent phase of the moon. I don't know if you'd heard that. Set your crystals out in the moonlight because the moon is getting smaller. So you want the intention behind the crystal to also get smaller with the moon. So set them out in the moonlight to cleanse. And also it's good to, before you set them out and leave them in the moonlight while you lay your head down, go to sleep, just to set your intention to meditate over them and imagine that the stone is being cleaned in your head. You know, imagine someone is like clearing off muck and dirt and just set that vision in your head. You can also bury a crystal in soil overnight and set the intention over the dirt. You can set it out in a container during a storm, but don't let them, you know, get destroyed and be out in the elements. Like have them in like under a shelter in a little like box or any sort of container, but be near the storm or yeah jar so that like if especially if it's a lightning full-on lightning storm because the belief is that when the lightning hits the ground somewhere nearby it's going to kind of charge up and give the correct energy to whatever intention was set to the crystal which i thought was cool i love that yeah you can also bury a crystal in salt to cleanse it or i like this one a lot you can cleanse a crystal with a sound bath have it near like some bells chimes or drums and the vibrations from the sound bath can clean it which i thought was so cool that's my shit. See, I'm a little bit of a lazy witch where I make <laughs> the full moon uh, make up for all of my laziness. Like I just yes. put, oh, it's a full moon. We're making some moon water. We're charging my crystals. <laughs> we're, yeah, no. It's, I make the full moon do a lot of work. And I was going to say, it could be any That bitch light. is working overtime. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, moon. Take advantage of the full moon. I feel like that will be me once I start like actually oh, practicing yeah. in the right way. I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's the waning phase. Can I just wait for the full moon? Yeah, right. I know what that looks like. (laughs) And then charging is putting intention back into your crystals or back into your candle or honestly whatever tools you're practicing with. To charge, you are putting the intention back into it after it has been cleansed.
cleansed and is just back to its little rock form. So if you couldn't guess, the moonlight that you would set out your crystals to charge in would be the waxing phase of the moon, if you want, or do the Laura full moon yeah. Full moon special. Full moon special. Full moon special. <laughs> this was just one recommendation. But on, as we've been saying, it's more about the intention behind it. And if you are you know, holding your hands over it and imagining, putting that visual of it being recharged and setting your intention forth, then it is going to be charged. But if you want to do it during the waxing phase while that moon is getting bigger, your intention is also getting bigger with the crystal, which is just kind of a beautiful mindset to be in. Also, if you're using a sunstone, one example is citrine. If you are using that, use you can put it out in the sun to charge as well. Like those brighter uh, yeah, stones, yeah. I guess that is an idea that if you put them out in the sunlight, because they are a sunstone, they will charge even brighter and higher. And maybe your intention will, yeah. you know, grow even more. You can also do burying in the dirt and sound baths for charging as well. And maybe for that sound bath, you would almost just kind of change the sound. Like maybe you want like a higher vibration of your sound bath because you're charging it instead of cleansing it. Like you can change the way the sound bath is occurring, but both can work for both cleansing and charging. I love that. Um, also, I found out clear quartz is also good for charging. So that is a crystal. You can put a crystal over a crystal to recharge <laughs> because clear quartz is one of the best ones, which I also thought was cool. And then once charged and set with your intention, you can set crystals around your home. You can bring in any energy you want. Like if you want your room to be more peaceful because you're struggling to sleep, set them around in the corners of your room or set them by your bed. If you want more focus in your office, find a crystal that represents focus. Because again, each color, each shape represents something. Do your research, find them, put them in your office for better focus. Having them in a bath and soaking, which Laura was talking about, you Love can it. soak up the energy that's in the bath. But again, warning, there are some stones that can release toxins into your bath and really hurt you. So do your research. <laughs> I think the bath is a great idea and many stones are totally fine to go in the bath. They can even be surrounding your yeah, bath as yeah. well and you can just be in the water. But just look up what is in the stones. What are the properties of that crystal before you hop into the bath? That is always of the utmost importance. But I think soaking up a little crystal bath is the best. And I usually, even if I'm just taking a regular bath, I love to have crystals in there with Ooh. me because it just, especially if it's like a healing or protection type of crystal, I feel like that just, it just makes me feel good. I wear mine. Yes, a lot of people wear them in jewelry. I think I eventually put a tiny stone in the necklace that you gave me and then put essential oils around it as well. Yeah. Oh, I need to wear that again. We talked about it before we recorded this episode and I miss it. <laughs> Ashley gave me a cool ass necklace with a little stone in it. It's actually really kind of weird. We all have it. Everyone yeah. in this room has the same necklace. Well, be. they're uh, spell necklaces. Yeah. So inside, it just looks like a little silver metal ball that has a latch on it and you can open it and inside is a lava rock. Mm -hmm. And though lava rocks are used to hold essential oils, they're super porous. You can yeah. put kind of whatever you want on there. Um, and and then I actually stuff mine with other herbs. So before I came over, I was feeling very, very nervous. Oh. So I put 
lavender essential oil on the lava rock to kind of uh, help calm and soothe. And then I put sunflower petals inside because sunflowers boost confidence. Oh, so I, I love sat, that. I meditated, I lit some incense, and uh, yeah. And you've been slaying just, on this podcast, to, so it worked. <laughs> and it's really just a confident. way to like carry it with you. Yes. Some people carry will put it in like a tiny little baggie or like satchel. A little charm pouch. A charm pouch. Yes. Put it in your pocket. Yep. That's a way to do it too. I usually just wear it around my neck. I've got – today I have smoky quartz on. Oh, I love that smoky quartz. Uh, smoky quartz is usually just a way to – Keep negative energy away yeah, from you. Banish it's it away, which we love to see. Takes it in. I'm That's why it's so smoky. Tiger's eye around my wrist. I have a bracelet of tiger's eye. Because um, again, my non-witchy ancestors who were totally witches, apparently <laughs> my grandfather carried tiger's eye in his pocket every single day of his life. Okay. You're family. Yeah, right? <laughs> what's tiger's they were practicing. eye? Oh, yeah, what's the uh, tiger's eye is uh, good for prosperity. But honestly, I just wear it because I feel a connection to my ancestors when yeah. I do. Yeah. I have a, a ring that was my father's um, – th- he got it in, for being in Vietnam, but I don't know exactly what for. But it's it's got a tiger's eye inside of it. So I wasn't inside sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's like a, a silver ring with just a tiny little tiger's eye gem, stone, yeah. whatever. And uh, But I didn't know exactly if it was like prosperity, protection. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of herbs, crystals, color magic, candle magic. I mm-hmm. mean, it's one of those things where there's probably a few different meanings for one specific yeah. thing. And again, right? what does it mean to you? I always tell people that too when they say they want to get into crystals and they're like, well, which, what does this one mean and what does that yeah. one mean? And it's like, just go into a sh- crystal shop. Right. And just find one that you like. Yeah. It's that simple. It could literally be like, this one is beautiful and I just, I need to have this I color like the looking way that at it me feels. every day. Yeah. And, I like oh, the way that it looks. So much is about the texture too. I feel yeah. like sometimes you just hold one in your hand and it feels so good. Like I have an amethyst crystal at home that I love to just like touch and roll around in my hand because yeah. it has like both rough and smooth areas to it surface areas to it and it just feels so good but i mean an amethyst is also like such an easy one to get everywhere and it's beautiful so yeah it's a great beautiful purple beautiful purple i also have a rose quartz i always struggle to say the word quartz which is also so beautiful and that one i mean that has so many meanings i was looking it up because i was like isn't this just the one of like love and energy but also, what did I find out? It's also supposed to be healing and to balance your emotions. Mm. Um, it can heal your anger and disappointment and just kind of level you out. But it also is known as a love stone at the same time to like bring love into your life, help you love others in a better way, kind of let go of your selfish thoughts. And I think it just evens you out is what I'm getting from it. So it's yeah. a great one as well. I was but. told it's a really good stone for empaths to carry. That um, makes so much sense. I carry one in my purse wherever I go because yep. it does. It balances out your emotions and it kind of helps you from taking on yeah. too much. Yes. Um, I learned that actually from my therapist. So hey, thanks, therapist. There you go. Yay, well, therapy. I knew I liked it the second I went in her office and I saw like three rose quartz sitting on her desk and I was like, we're getting along just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you already. But yeah, I I mean, I could go into what each one means. But as we've been saying, like, there are so many books, or you can literally go on Google or walk into a crystal shop. And there'll usually be little notes next to the yeah, stone that say what they are. Nailed. But talk to the shop owner, like you'll find all of it out. And also, again, like people use 
stones in like daily meditation practice. They like don't even think that they're doing witchcraft. But if you want, you know, to do more rituals and more spells, there are also lots of books out there. One really popular one that had great reviews that I found is literally called Crystals for Witches. (laughs) (laughs) Rituals, spells, and so much more. And it's like a great beginner's guide to stone magic. And if you really want to get into like the witchy side of it, that seems like a good place to start. Love it. Well, I was going back to my book just to look to see if there were any good gemstones at lists to take baths with, like healing baths. And again, I opened it up and the first thing I saw was tiger's eye. It increases good fortune and prosperity. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Yeah, no, my book knows what's going on. Oh, and the book I keep referencing is The Modern Witchcraft Spell Book by Sky Alexander. This was honestly the thing that got me into witchcraft. It was given to me as a gift. It sat on my bookshelf for a couple of years. I don't think I ever intended to use it. It was just like, oh, yeah, witches, sure. Yeah. yeah. Love practical magic, but like, I'm not a witch. And then I just started reading it and went, oh. This is much more inviting than I thought yes, it would be. I can do this. Um, so, yeah, that's what I keep referencing if anybody's curious. Yeah. I mean, our listeners, I'll take first a of all, of these books yeah, too, they're always know. looking for book recommendations in yes. general, but I think everyone is going to be into this because we are proving that anyone can do it, even a Dumbo like me. Guys. Even. <laughs> take a crystal bath. It's lovely. Can I talk about voodoo? Please. Please. I've been dying. <laughs> Yeah, so I I just thought this was an important addition to this episode because even though witchcraft has no color or creed or gender or sexual orientation, uh, the majority of practicing witches you see on TV, on TikTok, in the media are white women. Mm. And uh, there are a lot of misconceptions about voodoo, a lot of misunderstandings, and of course, a ton of racism. Mm. (laughs) Isn't there? Uh, And there shouldn't be. So... If you were to ask a lot of people about voodoo, they would tell you it's the occult, black people do it, it's a dark form of witchcraft, and it's evil. All of those are incorrect. Not true. So many people think voodoo came from Africa. They're partially correct. There is a religion called Voodoo, and honestly, it was way more than a religion. It was a way of life, more like Buddhism or paganism. So the followers believed that there was a universal energy, a collective consciousness, if you will, Uh, which we've talked about on the show many times. I'm into that. That connected all of us to each other and all of us to the universe and to the earth and even that you could leave the body during dreams or trances and travel on different planes and talk to your ancestors. Very, very similar to Native American beliefs and practices or paganism. Modern day paganism, yes, but especially old school paganism, just in a sense that it was the way that you lived your life and meditated and the relationships that you had with your conscious self and unconscious self and the way that you honored your ancestors. But also there were several deities that were specific to certain things like the Catholics have with the saints. Right. Um, And all of this makes sense when you find out that voodoo originated with slaves who combined elements of their West African traditions and beliefs with the Roman Catholicism that was forced on them by their masters. Yeah. Because in 1685, you were talking about this, um, you know, how how Palo Santo and stuff mm-hmm. was or White Sage was White illegal Sage, to Santo, burn yeah. mm-hmm. up until like 1978, which right. is just Insanity. crazy. Insanity. 
Well, in in, uh, 1685, there was a law that literally forbade the practice of African religions, Mm -hmm. and it required all slave masters to Christianize their slaves within eight days of their arrival. And this is how the Catholic Church got away with and and continues to get away with today condoning slavery in those times because it was a tool for converting Africans to be moral, upright Christians. It was a tool. They were saving their soul. But then, of course, you know, we can still beat them and and treat them however we want. Um, Christianity is the single most violent religion in history. Anyway, at this time (laughs) – Just a fun note. Slip that one in there. Slip that in under the radar. At this time, slaves didn't want to give up their religion and their their beliefs, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But since they were forced to adopt uh, Catholic rituals, you started seeing similarities in Catholic saints to their spirits or Iwa as they called them. Because each Iwa was responsible for a specific domain in life. Like, for example, if you were a farmer, you might give offerings to the spirit of agriculture. And it was very similar to Catholicism that if you wanted to find something, you would ask St. Peter to help you find it. So they were able to kind of like sneakily practice their religion and basically pretend that they were – It was – Catholicism. Right. Being Catholics, yeah. being good Catholics. <laughs> but so many of their spirits then became associated with Christian saints, and this is where, or Catholic saints rather, and this is where Voudan evolved into voodoo or New Orleans voodoo specifically. So it's literally a blend of the two religions that gotcha. makes voodoo, okay. which is pretty cool. Yeah. But one thing that people point to in voodoo and say like, oh, it's evil, it's devil worship, etc. is because it has associations with animal sacrifice, bloodletting, and most famously, zombies. First of all, <laughs> uh, let's not get too hung up on animal sacrifice. Yeah. All right? Because I don't know if you've ever read the fucking Bible. I was going to say. Every- Isn't their mascot a human sacrifice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> their mascot. Their mascot is a human uh, the JC, the mascot of Christianity, that is my favorite. Um, thing. There is animal sacrifice left and right in the damn Bible. So the Christian let's, God uh, required let's animal and human sacrifices literally all the time: ox, cattle, sheep, goats, yeah, pigeons. Let's doves, let that go. All <laughs> sacrificed in the Bible by Christians. You know who was it? Was it Abraham and Isaac? God Somebody told Abraham to, to kill his son Isaac. Yeah. yeah, kill his own son. God Himself killed. Oh, this is fun. God himself killed or ordered people to kill 2.8 million people in the Bible. Someone did the math. 2.8 million people were killed directly by God. Either Hmm. he struck them down or uh, had someone else kill them. Whether that was from walls, plagues, bears, floods, executions, poisonings, people set on fire, babies skinned alive, you name it. Um, other religions who practiced animal bloodletting include Islam, Judaism, and Hinduism. So take a seat, Mama. Take several I don't want to hear seats. anything more about animal sacrifice. True. And it's just been such a sensationalized aspect of the voodoo religion because it's spooky. Yeah, of course. Uh, honestly, they don't do it any more than any other religion has and one thing that hollywood particularly grabbed onto when it came to voodoo was zombies not so much anymore now usually you see zombies and it's a plague or or disease yeah yeah yeah, exactly that's like more popular now but back in the day um in the especially like 20s and 30s if there was a movie about a zombie it had to do with voodoo Mm -hmm. like white zombie is a very famous one the walking undead 
usually the villain of the story, which is quite a twisting of the belief because in Vudan, a zombie was actually the victim, not the villain. Right. So a lot of the movies involve a Haitian witch doctor or a voodoo priest bringing a person back from the dead and using their body as a vessel to inflict harm on others or terrorize others. But really, it was a belief that they could be cursed by someone and brought back from the dead and controlled as a punishment and used as slave labor on farms and plantations. That was kind of the belief behind voodoo zombies. Wow. So it honestly had more to do – this is sad – It honestly had more to do with the fact that these people had been slaves for years and years and years and sometimes even lifetimes, and they were dead behind their eyes because their souls have been beaten or worked out of them. So you look at those people and say, I don't want that to be me. I don't want to lose myself. I don't want to lose the life I have in me because I've been cursed, when really the curse was just white people yeah this horrible yeah, life that was not inflicted an actual on them. like yeah. curse right. now all of this isn't to say that people who practice voodoo do not put what we would call curses on people or perform a type of witchcraft that is part of the practice but a lot of it equates to paganism for us a lot of herbalism and holistic healing natural medicine potions charms etc which as we all know, is is perfectly charming and adorable, uh, a quirk of millions of middle-aged white women in America. <laughs> but when it's a black woman in a swamp, it's bad, it's evil, it's yeah. the occult. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying this to make like some sort of political statement. I'm just pointing out like the hypocrisy in the way we treat things like witchcraft and ritualistic religious practices like voodoo you're speaking straight facts yeah yeah that's just how it is and it was the same like i mean you look at like native american rituals and practices too that Uh, scene is uncivilized and like we have to help them yeah savages you know and it's like no no uh (laughs) yeah they 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 were actually much One of the most beautiful yeah. groups of people. They were so connected with nature, human history. which we all should be We're trying be so much hard more. to emulate things yeah. that they'd been doing for thousands of years before yeah, white again, people show white up. white women are allowed to do it all and, they want. But. And yeah, in witchcraft and in real life, it's yeah. just, we're trying to uh, control wildfires now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we are trying to emulate so many aspects of Native Americans now that we have seen like the error of white people yeah what what we have done yeah and it's actually something a lot of people don't know this when white people started getting to uh america a lot of the native americans here the civilizations that were here were cleaner than where they came from we literally taught people in europe we i'm not native american i'm like 116th What's the girl's name from uh, uh, Real Housewives of New York who's always like, I'm a Native American, the Duchess oh or the Countess? Oh, my God. Uh, the yes, Luann. Fucking Luann. The Countess. Anyways. Yeah. Who when- isn't 116? <laughs> right. Y'all are. Sit um, down, Luann. But when, when they came here, we taught them how to clean up after yourself. We were mm. cleaner. They weren't tossing their, like, shit and piss in the streets. Right. They had a system. Yeah. Yeah. To do away with waste yeah. in like a, a, a clean way. Right. And Europeans were like, how? And yeah. we were like, well, we'll teach you. I keep saying we we'll and I'm you. so sorry. But uh, <laughs> well, you, yeah, were you were putting them, yeah, you were putting yourself in their position. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 
And Cahokia, we talked about this on an episode before, was bigger than Paris at the time. Yeah. It was more populated. It was bigger. There were civilizations here, which is why we celebrate Indigenous, Indigenous People's, People's Day, Day and not Christopher Columbus Day, Columbus which is Day not a holiday. Sucks. Fuck that guy. Um, but yeah, so I thought guy. that was interesting and, and so I thought that that was important to touch on a witchcraft that is usually deemed bad. Yeah. And certainly is not. It's not. It's just mis- It's not even it's misunderstood. misunderstood. I don't think people know about it Why? outside of yeah, pop culture. Yeah, people do just, uh, oh, voodoo dolls. That's yeah. bad. We stab needles yeah. into them. It's all evil. No, 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 no. Yeah. There is so much more to it. And even like when we were doing research for our Louisiana episode that we did last week, like a couple of that, when I was looking for haunted locations, it's like, this place is haunted by an angry voodoo priestess. But when you read about it, the voodoo priestess they were re- like referring to is basically the town doctor at the time because yeah. she was a healer. And yep. helped people. But then these stories got going where it was like, evil, she cursed our town. I mean, yeah. witchcraft Ugh. in all of its forms, I feel like, comes from a place of healing first. Mm-hmm. And then when, yeah, people see it who don't understand what's happening. Yeah. It's evil. It's bad. It's Well, yeah. modern witchcraft, modern witches being burned at the stake today are Planned Parenthood doctors. Yeah. Where yeah. they are performing a service that is for our health and for our well-being mm-hmm. but it is being twisted and that's the same with with women who were burned at the stake and women who were hung for performing services that people didn't agree with and it's the yeah. same with voodoo priestesses who were performing healing yeah it's just that some people christians uh <laughs> white people just don't take the time to actually learn anything about anything yeah. and assume and then place whatever negative connotations they want on that thing. And totally. then it just stays that way. Even voodoo dolls, for example, not a huge practice in voodoo, but obviously a very sensationalized one. Voodoo dolls, one, are traditionally used in Caribbean religions and they aren't used for revenge. They're another tool for healing and also a way to communicate with deceased loved ones. Oh, yeah. And the idea of these like effigy dolls as a channel for evil forces is a complete myth that actually comes from a time in the 1950s where thousands of these dolls, they were called cashew dolls, were imported to the United States from Haiti. And they were made of cashew shells and they had eyes made from this specific bean and i'm really sorry i don't remember what the bean was i didn't write any of this in my notes but it was not safe to consume so the united states government had issued like a public health warning which said the dolls were lethal which wasn't incorrect but it's not because they're evil and no one knows that because no one bothers to look past whatever scary movie they saw that one time that involved voodoo and voodoo dolls 100 but anyway we don't need one of my famous rants let's move on before we go, do you have any spells for us? I have so many spells for you guys. Let's do, let's <laughs> yes, do like two Laura. spells. Okay. Let's teach us two spells. So, um, yeah, I'm pulling these from my personal craft that, again, this is why I was a little nervous because it is so personal to me and uh, I don't do any spells really that go outside the home pretty much. One thing I was going to say at the end, like make sure you guys follow us, obviously, but follow Laura on Instagram. It's at Lucky LaRue. And that's L-A-R-E-A-U. I'm very surprised Woo! you got that. I did it yeah, that's amazing. Reading. I wrote it down somewhere, but I did it without reading it. <laughs> um, 
Because you do a lot of times in your stories, you'll post your ritual bath that yes. you took and stuff. And it's always so wonderful just to see it. Yeah. It's like a oh, calming you. photo. It's a beautiful and I'm like, okay. visual just to take in. <laughs> yeah. I, I love posting that stuff. I honestly probably should just start my own like account or no, my own yeah, page for that. Absolutely um, should. Because it is a mixture of it brings me a lot of peace. It brings me a lot of like joy and happiness to make these ritual baths or these teas or anything I'm working on. Um, but honestly, I'm so self-conscious the second I put it out into the world because it is such a personalized craft for myself. Yeah. And, I get that. you know, it is just one of those things where inviting other people's opinions about you know something that is so special to me yeah you don't want your you don't want it to be tarnished in any way i don't want anybody thinking that i'm pretending to know more than i actually know well you've come to the right place (laughs) because we know nothing right (laughs) idiots i don't know any more than the next person so like yeah uh but so okay uh, when, if you want to start messing around with some herbs, I've got some basic recipes for you. Yes. So, so we talked about it earlier. Create your space. Um, you can do this by lighting a candle on maybe like an altar. And when I say altar, I mean mine is a bookshelf. That's yeah, I was like, I you have don't have to get too fancy. And some herbs, like yeah. just a space yes, that you can call perfect. your own where you can keep a lot of your utensils and tools. Mine is also my bar cart. And that's that. like I that's where I have all of my candles and my little tools and there's also just bottles of wine. But I, <laughs> I keep a row of plants for my ritual baths on top of my air conditioner yeah, in yes. my bathroom. Really doesn't have to be more special than you can al- honestly make anything an altar. You does. make it special. That's the whole point. Exactly, it could be anything yeah. you want. You're the you're the one that gives it power and meaning. But light a candle meditate use some essential oils get your headspace clear and free of any negative energy it sometimes helps if you're doing a spell with a specific intention to maybe write down a mantra or some kind of chant that you can repeat over and over that really sets your intention intention is so important when it comes to spell work if you want to worry less yes please Like, ask for strength. Ask for protection. Don't just say, like, oh, I hope that I'm not as worried tomorrow. Like, really get specific with what you're asking from the universe and what you want. Mantras Um, and chants, too, by the way, are just really great because, as we all know, anyone who's ever attempted to meditate, you know that immediately – things start popping in your head. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, don't forget you need to get quarters because you have to do laundry this week. You, you start know what going I mean? down your to-do list. So yeah, so a mantra, that's perfect because if you're repeating that in your head or out loud, those things can't come into your head. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first spell that I have for you guys is a healing ritual bath. Love it. So get your bath nice and hot. Add mint for healing, lavender for calming, chamomile for stress relief and this one's one of my favorite recipes add roses for self-love a lot of people associate roses with like romantic partners and being intimate and uh sensuality but a lot of people forget that like love has to come with within and love starts with yourself and roses do offer love but that could be directed inwards. Yeah. So if you can get these things fresh, put all fresh ingredients in your bath. You don't have to use dried herbs or dried flowers. There's nothing more fun than going to the store, 
getting organic roses and then just ripping the heads off and spreading <laughs> the petals all yeah. over the top of your bath water, you instantly feel fancy and you spent like $5. Yes. It's, uh, really, really that. great. If you can't find these things fresh, you can always uh, get dried herbs. You can always use essential oils. If you can't find chamomile anywhere, brew a cup of tea, chamomile mm-hmm. tea. Yeah. Um, Throw a tea bag in there. Honestly, right. uh, I use a lot of dried herbs. I put them in a tiny little bag. It's basically a tea bag for my bath. Be the tea. Be yeah. the tea. Be the, the tea you want to be. <laughs> if you want to get really fancy with your healing spell, you can light bergamot incense or lemon. Lemongrass is great. Oh. Bergamot increases confidence and lemongrass clears the mind and heightens alertness. Ah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're things. trying to relax, yeah. maybe stay away from the lemongrass. Sure, yeah. Just depends what you need. But yeah, it, it all depends what you need. Another one I really like to do is an energy restore bath. This one gets really fun if you use fresh ingredients. So... I like to use dried calendula. It's great for your skin. I ho- really hope I'm saying that right because I've only ever bought it and uh, seen the word. I've never heard of that loud. Just reading it. <laughs> yeah, we believe you. Calendula, <laughs> calendula. It's great for your skin. I get fresh sunflowers and I just cut the heads off. You can just use petals if you want, but there's a lot of. Uh, good natural oil in the seeds of a sunflower that, again, is great for your skin. Put those right into your bath. They're great for confidence and prosperity. Orange is supposed to bring about happiness and optimism, and I will literally slice up giant round things of oranges and add that to the bath water. And then lemon verbena is great for increasing creativity. Mm. Um, I never really can find that fresh, so I just get dried lemon verbena put it in a little satchel and yeah that's yeah. my that's my tea bath i, I love, love it. it oh i'm so I'm gonna ready go home to and do get one honestly. i was like <laughs> i am so excited about it. i can't wait yeah well i mean when i picture like witchcraft in my brain i always picture a woman over a cauldron like stirring right. something right your bathtub is just a giant cauldron. Yes. That's it. Just uh, heat it up, get in it yourself, and uh, <laughs> sit in the cauldron. Yeah, yeah, sit in a spell. Why not? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm that's the, yeah, that's sort of what a simmer pot is. It's a yeah. it's a modern day cauldron, right? Where you are simmering all of these ingredients in a pot. Every ingredient means something. Mm-hmm. The smell fills your home, which does something for you and the Aromatherapy people in your home. Therapy is very powerful. Oh it's gosh, literally yes. used in so many different, ther- like actual therapy. I right. say actual therapies, but I mean like, you know, the ones that are acknowledged. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's used in so many different ways. But also... Witches today and and back then, they would then take tinctures from that pot and you can ingest them if they are ingestible. Yes, if you know what's in them. Always read up on You can anoint things. You can save the liquid and then use it to anoint your candles for your candle magic. You can use it to clean your crystals for Mm -hmm. your crystal magic. You can throw cups of it in your bath for your ritual bath water. Really, witchcraft is just upcycling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We love to see Fetty it. Meaning out of nothing, honestly. Making yes. yourself feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all about you. It's all about you. And I think that spreading that to as many people as possible, that's when it becomes communal. Yep. Yeah. It's just making sure that 
everyone knows that they have the ability to do this. Everyone knows that they have the power to do this. Mm -hmm. And it's accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. Because you can literally go outside and grab things from the ground. Yep. Yeah. You don't need permission from anyone to start. You no. really just need, you no. can start. You can take things from the earth, mm -hmm. set your intentions, and get yourself a little spell bath. And I will also add, if you're taking things from the earth and taking in all this power and energy, find a way to give it back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Find a way to... It's a good note. If you're going to go out and pick flowers... Find a way to replant or reuse or just make sure that you're continuing that cycle of energy and that it is a cycle, right. that it comes to you and you're putting it back out yeah. there. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Exactly. <laughs> Recyki. With the... <laughs> <laughs> it's an old tiktok well, you know, uh, that's all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you so much for tuning in and thank you laura so much for joining thank us you. we are so, so happy to be back so happy that you are back on the show and and that you got to we got to get you on the show again before i move i know oh, stop it i can't think about it sorry everyone in the room <laughs> well, very sad like i said earlier everyone follow laura on instagram at lucky larue that's lucky as in i'm lucky l-a-r-e-a-u she's always posting her spell baths they are so soothing um do you have anything you want to plug do you have anything going on that you want to no <laughs> yeah, that's listen Sorry. fucking me neither right now <laughs> this. i'm just like, coming back out of the quarantine yeah, i've been working seriously. and i've been sleeping and yep. that's about it mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> trying to take mm -hmm. care of ourselves and yes. trying to enjoy this loveliest of months um Tune in next week, guys. We've got an amazing return guest, Billy Roach, on the show. We're talking Ooh. vampires again. Ooh. Yes. Make sure you're following us on social media as well, at Keep It Weirdcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Rate our show five stars on iTunes if you want to make us look cool. Join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Podcast if you want to help produce this show and make sure that we come back for a sixth season. And spoiler alert, our Etsy shop is closing. We have made the switch to Public. We've got more merch. It's more affordable. And the quality is just as great. So hopefully this is the beginning of an amazing partnership for us and y'all. Yeah. To buy anything from our shop and ensure that we get paid for it, head over to our website or any of our socials and follow the merchandise link to get to our new store. Laura, what's our sign off today? Okay, so I actually did prepare something. I'm so oh proud of you. I know, I learned my lesson the last time. <laughs> and uh, it's a little cheesy. I love it. But since this was all about witchcraft, I kind of prepared a mantra. <gasps> if we want It's amazing. Yep. Yes. Uh, okay, so I can go first and then maybe we could say it all together. Yeah. yeah. But if anybody out there, any of the listeners are feeling a little run down today, this one's for you. I ask for strength for myself. And for those who keep it weird like me, I ask, I ask for, for strength, strength for, for myself, myself and, and those who keep it weird like me. I give my gratitude for myself and those who keep it weird like me. I give my gratitude to myself and for those who keep it weird like me. That's awesome i love that and just repeat that to yourself over and over again all day guys i'm get gonna some be strength doing it. give some gratitude Perfect. and keep it extra and keep weird. it extra weird <laughs> happy halloween happy halloween
and for those who keep it weird like me, I, I give oh. my gratitude. <laughs> we were both like, <laughs> we were both like yes. Again? Should I go I again? Asked for a <laughs> <laughs> we were so ready.